0: You're listening Listening to To Bible Bible Plus Plus. from Seesaw. Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Bible Plus. Today, we are covering Luke 14. And although this chapter is not too long, there are a lot of different things happening here. So before we get into this chapter, I just want to give you all a marvelous summary of the main point we should get from this chapter. Okay, and the main point is this, that God's primary concern is that we enjoy Christ. This is the main point we should get from this chapter, That God's primary concern is that we enjoy Christ. So no matter what you get from today's podcast, no matter what happens the rest of the day, don't forget this point. God's primary concern is that we enjoy Christ. So now, let's go through this chapter section by section having this viewpoint. So in verses 1-6, through This chapter apparently begins in a pretty simple way with the Lord healing a man uh, with dropsy. But this portion of the word is significant because of when the Lord heals this man and where the Lord heals this man. So when does the Lord heal this man? Well, he heals him on the Sabbath. And where does the Lord heal this man? in the presence of the Pharisees and of his disciples. And these two points bring us to the why. They show us why this portion is significant. So to see the significance of this account, we should consider, why was the Lord always doing these things on the Sabbath? And why does he do them specifically in front of the Pharisees? Just in Luke's Gospel, this is the third instance where the Lord has broken the Sabbath regulations specifically in front of the Pharisees. Well, we might think that the Lord Jesus does this to rebuke the Pharisees because they care too much about the Sabbath, which is not wrong. Or, We may see this and have some realization that the Lord is showing the Pharisees and his disciples that the Old Testament is over and that they don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore. And this is true. But I hope we could realize that what is actually happening here is that the Lord is breaking the outward objective Sabbath to show that he was there to replace it with himself as the inward subjective Sabbath. So there was the outward subjective Sabbath, but the Lord was breaking this to show that he was there to replace it with himself as the inward subjective Sabbath. And we know from verses like Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, a wonderful verse where the Lord says, Come to me, I will give you rest. That this real rest, the real rest we see from this verse, is not in this outward practice of doing nothing for a whole day, but the real rest is in the person Jesus Christ. The real rest is in the person Jesus Christ. And actually, the Pharisees' dutiful religious keeping of the Sabbath would have kept this man with dropsy from experiencing Christ. So here, the Lord is actually training his disciples. He is training them to see that he is the reality. He is telling them, I am the reality. Don't focus on being religious. Focus on enjoying me as the real Sabbath. So, this is why the Lord keeps breaking the Sabbath again and again. He is showing us that He Himself is the real Sabbath, the real rest, not anything outward. And He's showing us that God's focus is not anything religious, but that we would enjoy Christ. Lord, make your focus our focus. Now, coming uh, from this section to verse f- verses 15 to 24, we have a very sweet parable related to our receiving salvation. And in this parable, the main point is here: the invitation, "Come, whosoever will." So this shows us our initial salvation, and in our initial salvation, there is no need for us to do anything. We just accept God's invitation to come and enjoy Christ. And this is what salvation is to us. There is no work on our side, but we simply enjoy what God has prepared for us. And what God has prepared for us is Christ. Hallelujah. Now, in verse 25, the Lord makes a decisive turn from our initial salvation to our final following him, and receiving the kingdom reward. And in verse 26, the Lord says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and moreover, even his own soul life. Now, your version may just say life, but actually in Greek, This word is suke, referring specifically to the life of our soul. Uh, So even his own soul life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, this could be an intimidating shift, but we have to remember, like I mentioned earlier, that God's primary concern is that we enjoy Christ. This is especially important in this section, because probably all of us, when we read this, immediately have the thought, wait, the Bible tells us to honor our father and mother. And Paul says in Ephesians that husbands should love their wives. Well, is the Bible contradicting itself? We may think that it is if we don't see that what God cares for more than anything else Is just our enjoyment of Christ. So in this section, the Lord is not commanding us to hate our family and our soul life, but He's showing us a principle that we should hate anything that frustrates our following and enjoying Christ. And we have to confess, right, that we do not hate everything that frustrates our following christ and enjoying him actually if you all are anything like me then you probably really like many things that frustrate you from following and enjoying christ but brothers and sisters be encouraged the way to lose our soul life the way to hate all these things that frustrate our following christ absolutely is to keep enjoying christ Okay, so don't try to be this kind of person, but just enjoy the Lord. Enjoy Him in the morning. Enjoy Him in the Word. Enjoy Him with other brothers and sisters, but focus on enjoying this person. Maybe you could even pray, Lord Jesus, increase and deepen my enjoyment of you so that I would hate anything that frustrates me from following you and from enjoying you. Okay, so I hope we could see from this chapter that God's primary concern is that we enjoy Christ. (laughs) Isn't that wonderful? Lord, make your primary concern our primary concern. Lord, Make your primary concern my primary concern.